1: Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. After a week with a few hints of winter, the team got curious about how our recent snowfall compares to previous years. Today we're chatting through a few local retreat ideas, the latest on a bankruptcy filing that could affect a bunch of local radio stations, and the unfortunate fate of our favorite would-be Moonlander. Poor little Peregrine. It's January 12th, the Friday News Roundup. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh's talking about. I'm with CityCast producers Mary Lee Williams and Sophia Lowe. Hey, y'all. Hi. Hey there. Let's kick things off with a little update, some sort of bad news. We had a very late night on Monday watching what was happening with the launch of Peregrine, the little lunar lander that was made here in Pittsburgh.
2: Yes, we were watching with bated breath and we have been on a knife's edge all week. Sophia, you want to catch us up? Yeah, there's been a ton of updates.
0: So this all started Monday morning, super early in the morning when there was this rocket launch That was down in Florida, and the Pittsburgh-based company Astrobotic made the Peregrine lander. So that was supposed to make it all the way up to the moon. The rocket launch part was successful, but Peregrine, which is totally unmanned and being monitored from here in the city, uh, it ran into some issues a few hours later. Like there were some problems getting the solar panels charged, uh, and there were some issues with the propulsion systems, Uh, So they got the solar panels reoriented, batteries charged, but the biggest thing is that there's a propellant leak. Uh, It's still
2: leaking now. Yeah. As we're recording, the Peregrine is still operating and researchers have still been optimistic about using it as a learning opportunity. But at this point... Peregrine is not going to land on the moon as planned. Astrobotic has been very on top of updating people about the mission. Uh, we know everybody on CityCast team has been following
1: these little, little tweets. It's been the most I've been on Twitter in probably three years. They're like the <laughs> top of my search bar <laughs> right now. But uh,
2: a statement they posted on Wednesday, this is just one that we want to pluck out, is although we are approaching lunar distance, the moon won't be there. It's so funny. It's like re- weirdly poetic. I-, I know it like has greater <laughs> meaning, but something about that line really gets me. Like, <laughs> it won't be there. I want to guess what this means
0: scientifically, because like, you know, the moon is still in the sky and all of that.
1: <laughs>
2: it feels philosophical. That's just it. It's like, I know it's not philosophical, but it's just like, it. I want someone to read it at an open mic night. Like, it feels bigger. <laughs> I'm guessing this is less
0: philosophical and more has to do with, like, math and calculating, you know, the rockets. Uh, I'm not doing a good job explaining this. I'm waving my hands around. <laughs> but, like, the moon's in orbit and, you know, the rocket's moving there, but the timing doesn't work right. So the moon and the rocket
1: aren't actually going to meet,
0: like, in the area. think
1: think you're describing it correctly from what was described to me by my partner slash space nerd housemate. But yeah, it's not that like the lander can be in the right spot. It's just it's way ahead of schedule. So it doesn't help. Literally, the moon has not come back to where they need it to be so that it can land. It's a bummer.
2: Well, then that means that answers my other question, which is like they had had this statement that they put out way earlier the week, which is like, there's no chance of a soft landing on the moon, which I just, I was just sitting there. I was like, are they going to crash into the moon? Like, what does that mean? I was just like, I just like, it plagued me. I was like up at night staring at the
1: ceiling. I do not think that a space robotics company would let anything crash uncontrolled into a celestial body. But I like the spirit of what you're thinking about.
2: (laughs) I just, I was like, if it's not a soft landing, does that mean the only one left is a hard landing?
0: And you can tell this is why we're all journalists, not
2: researchers, not astrophysicists, not engineers. I think we have the heart of astrophysicists, but the attention span of journalists.
1: I guess by the time this episode is hitting your ears, um, it looks like Peregrine's going to be out of fuel. Um, We'll keep an eye on whether Astrobotic has anything else to share about the data that they've ended up collecting and Gryphon, which is the mission that's coming up next. Yeah, Astrobotic
0: is also working on the Gryphon Lander, which is scheduled to go up to the moon later this year. That could definitely change, though. This stuff gets delayed a lot. So this Gryphon Lander is part of a NASA mission where NASA will be sending up their Viper rover. And that's going to look for ice on the moon. So, yeah, like what you were saying earlier about the learning opportunity talk, that does seem really critical um, for researchers. So there's success next time. Fingers crossed because space exploration seems very complicated.
1: Yeah. And very
2: expensive. Very expensive. And if you're listening and you're curious about what is happening, go to AstroBotics Twitter. X. (laughs) Whatever it's called. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, You'll find updates there and we will also be there looking
1: for updates. So we will end on a happier note, we swear, but before that one more downer. One of the biggest radio companies in the country filed for bankruptcy this week. It's called Odyssey. It's based in Philadelphia. I actually did not know that. And it owns several local stations here in Pittsburgh. I didn't realize that it owns so
2: many of them. They've got like KDKA, WAMO, The Fan,
1: 100.7 The Star, and others. Yeah, the company has a really big reach here. I checked out the Pittsburgh market on Odyssey's website, and it says they've got a combined 1.4 million monthly broadcast listeners. But Odyssey also has a lot of debt, $1.9 billion of it.
0: Wow. Oof. But, you know, if every one of those listeners tripped in a
1: little bit, they'd be set. LOL. I, I math this in advance because I had a feeling one of y'all was going to do that. One thousand three hundred and forty seven dollars and fourteen cents each. I would cover it. No problem. Easy peasy. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so maybe more than a little bit. Uh, probably not something listeners can help Odyssey dig out of. Yeah. Uh,
2: do we know how they got into so much debt? So The Verge actually uh, covered this. They said most of it came from acquiring CBS radio for one point five billion in 2017. Yes, that was a mistake. Yeah, it was also a long time ago. So how would they know now? I know. I know. I'm not actually judging. Yeah. But apparently this past November, Odyssey was delisted from the New York Stock Exchange because the company's stock had dropped so much. So around that time, the Wall Street Journal reports they missed a bunch of interest payments. So it sounds like some insiders,
1: they maybe saw this coming. And now a bankruptcy, which I think my brain is like still reverts back to what I thought it meant when I was a little kid, which is that the company went away. And that's not true. It's always a restructuring. They don't go away. Yeah. So basically, they're
2: going to restructure and get their debt down to $350 million. Oh, only
0: $350 million. That's still so much, but also at the same time, much less than almost $2 billion. So what does that mean for our local stations? I don't think I know
1: yet. I haven't seen any statements from anybody like any of these stations. Have y'all? Nope. No, neither have I. So I guess until we hear, uh, we just have Odyssey's statement to go on. After they went to bankruptcy court, they said, quote, the company does not expect any operational impact from the restructuring, end quote. And the court authorized them to keep paying people like their employees, no interruption to benefits, vendors, suppliers, that kind of thing.
2: A lot of reporting I've seen also points out that iHeartMedia, another like really big radio network, also filed for bankruptcy a few years ago. And they're doing better now. So this doesn't. Automatically end, or maybe what you thought bankruptcy used to mean, Megan, where the company just kind of like poof <laughs> goes away.
1: I was wrong. <laughs> I, I know now that I was wrong. Uh, yeah. I wonder how long it's going to be until we, I don't know, know something or feel the effects in some way. Yeah, I mean, it could be coming really fast. Some of the company's
2: lawyers told Reuters that they want to finish the court procedures in less than two months. Which, like, I don't know. I feel oh. like that's really a fast estimate for anything having to do with the courts. <laughs> but like, you do you same. So the court and a majority of its creditors need to okay everything. And then the FCC approves it all.
0: Wow. Odyssey is clearing two billion of debt faster than I'm getting through my student loan payments. (laughs) Oh, God. It's
1: so dark. Do you like to dance? Look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th garden party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's gonna be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins, and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm because this is a theme party. You wanna come dress to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend, and rest assured, everyone. Every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org.
0: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: Let's end on a high note, or I guess at least a less gloomy one.
2: Megan, I don't know what you're talking about. Have you looked outside? It is straight <laughs> up gray.
1: Yeah, I've been hibernating. I don't think I've actually left the same couple pairs of sweatpants. I have rotated them, but i uh, it's been marginal this week. It is so gray
0: and gross. There was a brief hour of sun this morning. That's when I went out to get my coffee.
2: <laughs> I just stared longingly out the window and I thought about going outside. But I was like, if my plants are getting enough sun through the window, am I? Probably. And I just stayed there.
0: No, you take that one
1: hour because, you know, you're not going to see it again for another week or two. True. Yeah. If you're new to Pittsburgh or this is your first winter, if you see the sunshine for any reason, you cancel your meetings. You you run. You do not walk because that (laughs) could be your only moment for days. So usually we'd
2: be in the office also, but we opted to work from home this week since it's been so gross out. I really love the snow. It's beautiful. I dislike when it turns to slush. That is much less pleasant. But there's, I don't see, I haven't seen any slush unless there's like some weirdly hanging around. I think it all melted.
1: Yeah, I'm willing to be wet or cold, but not both at the same time. I refuse.
0: (laughs) I love snow and, you know, I'm okay with dealing with the winter. I went to college in the Chicago area, but, you know, it's my second winter here. So I went on a little quest to get a sense of what I'm in for in Pittsburgh. And by calendar year, 2023 was our region's second least snowy year on record.
1: Second least. 2023 was the second least. Got it. (laughs) I'm following you. <laughs> yeah, according to the FIPS, we got thirteen point
0: one inches of snow. Wow. Yeah, not a lot. Before that, the number one least snowy year ever, at least like recorded, was back in nineteen ninety-eight. We got just under eleven inches of snow then. So not even a foot.
2: Yeah, I don't really know what's normal, uh, because I am from the south. And so when you said thirteen, I was like, dang, that's a lot of snow. But clearly <laughs> More than 13 inches is the norm.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what we usually get, but 13 inches did feel low to me. Yeah, we do usually
0: get a lot more. The Trib reported that between 1991 and 2020, the average yearly snowfall was a little over 44 inches. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. That's way more than I thought. More than I expected, too, but this is the real big number. The most snow we've ever recorded in one year is almost 79 inches. Wow. Did
1: people leave their homes? Yeah, that sounds like that's like one or two or three really bad storms plus a particularly snowy year, you know?
2: Yeah, I am curious about the average, though, because if you have something as high as 79 and then something like lower, I wonder if it's like kind of tip the scales a little bit.
1: Well, we have the range, right? It's from 11 inches to 79 inches. Like that's where we fall, which is huge. That's a huge range. Mm-hmm. That is a big range. That is a big range. But now that you mention it, I also
2: read this article from the Phipps not long ago talking about How actually the El Nino and La Nina years can impact snowfall, which, yeah. So, like, if you don't know what those are, the El Nino or La Nina years, it's like a weather pattern that's common on the West Coast, but it does actually impact us despite it being very far away. We are in an El Nino year, and the surface of the Pacific Ocean stays warmer, and that can impact how much snow we have, which I think is pretty interesting.
1: It is. I wouldn't have thought that it could make that big of a difference, like on such a wide swath of the U.S. Weather
2: is a fascinating science.
1: (laughs) Well, obviously, again, we are still pretty early into
0: this year, but I gave the National Weather Service a call to see how we're stacking up so far. Uh, When I called earlier in the week, we had gotten 2.8 inches so far. I've seen some flurries since then, so maybe a little bit more. Could have gone up a little, probably not a lot. No, probably not a lot. I'm annoyed because there hasn't been enough snow for me to go sledding yet. And if I move to this hilly city, I want to sled.
2: So if there, like, isn't enough snow by your standards for sledding, I mean, like, do the ski resorts still open If there isn't a lot of snow, like, how do they get around that?
0: Seven Springs and Blue Knob both have some trails open right now, but obviously always a good idea to double check again if you're popping over for the day or you've got a trip coming up in a couple of weeks. Voice Park is also open as we're recording, but they did close for a little bit at the end of December.
1: But being open isn't the same thing as, like, having a good time. Like... I, I don't know about y'all if y'all are into snow sports, but I use a website called onthesnow.com to check my conditions or I just go directly to the resort websites. Like, for example, uh, I was looking recently because I would like to take a trip uh, in West Virginia at the Snowshoe Resort. They have 48 inches right now of packed powder. Um, and it shows you how much of that is recent snowfall, which, you know, makes the cushion a little nicer if you are prone to falling. But I don't know how often it updates. For example, like at Canaan Valley and Timberline, also both in West Virginia, also both great. Um, it's a lot more snow. It's 54 inches and 65 inches, respectively, but it's machine groomed. So it like tells you the difference. So you know how much of it's machine made, how much of it's natural. So you get a sense of what, at least to mentally get yourself prepared for. I feel so out of my depth. <laughs> I- (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't know what
2: any of this means. It's important. (laughs) Yeah, ski resorts pretty much
0: all make their own snow, especially here.
1: Yeah, but if it's all man-made, it doesn't feel as nice to ski on. Like, it's not as good a quality. You really need at least a mix of natural snow to give it that fresh pow feeling. I am not oh, a good skier, well. to be clear, but I do enjoy it. I make a joyful noise, motion, movement. So the warmer it is in Pittsburgh, the warmer it's probably going to be anywhere around us, at le- even at elevation. Like, they might get the precipitation, but it'll. you could still sometimes ski in short sleeves, which is a weird vibe. Cool vibe, <laughs> I would say cool vibe. Yeah. But if you fall, that can't be fun on bare skin. It's mostly teenage boys that are doing it. And I don't think they're falling a lot. Or if they are, they just don't care. Okay, fair enough. I have never been skiing, but I'm sad that the city
0: announced that Shenley's ice rink isn't opening up this year. Yeah. Yeah. They're still finishing uh, construction and some updates. I think, you know, there were some setbacks like a pipe burst. They're also putting in ventilation, all that kind of stuff. To be honest, whenever I go ice skating, I don't stand the ice for that long because my feet <laughs> hurt fast. Aww. Maybe the rental skates just don't fit well, but Shenley is my go-to in the area. Since I like outdoor rings, it makes it feel like more like a fun wintertime
1: event. Yeah, I've done a bunch of those with like front like big group meetups and stuff. It's it's really quaint in the middle of the city.
2: I do not ice skate because last time I went ice skating, I broke my wrist, but I like to. No, really? Yeah, not here. I did it in Wisconsin. I was skating on a lake. Marilee, you have so many calamity stories. I just am very clumsy and I never learned how to fall. It's a very useful skill I do not have.
1: Oh, no. Uh, Well, if you do want to ice skate in Pittsburgh, um, outside, an alternate option is the UPMC rink at PPG Place. So that's like the one by the metal reflective buildings downtown close to Market Square. It's open through February 25th. And next, Pittsburgh also did a roundup of a bunch of ice skating rinks in the area. Uh, We'll link to those in the show notes.
0: Yes, that was helpful because they mentioned a couple other outdoor rinks, and those are cheaper than the one in front of PPG Place. Um, That one is definitely a little pricier. Next, Pittsburgh mentioned South Park Ice Skating Rink in Bethel Park and North Park Ice Skating Rink in Allison Park. And for Allegheny County residents, it's $5 to get on the rink and then $2 for skate rentals.
1: $7 is an appropriate fee. I'm fine with that. Exactly. Uh, And if you like skating inside, there are a few options, too. Um, The Hunt Armory in Shadyside, and the Lemieux Sports Complex in Cranberry. They're both pens facilities. I've never been to either one of them to ice skate myself, but you've got to imagine they're, like, nice and shiny because they're owned by the pens. I feel
2: like going to a place where people like to ice skate is always, like, an indoor facility or so. I just, I love watching people ice skate. Like, I like the people that are, like, hockey players, you can tell, and they're, like, going real fast and doing all these tricks, and there's, like, the people that know how to figure skate. It's such, like, a wonderful experience to watch different forms of skating all in one place it's very peaceful
1: i love the kids especially the like various forms of walkers and assistive devices they have for for kids or beginners there are adult versions of those too oh my god so cute i like it when they have little penguins for like kids to hold on to i don't know if they do that here but i've seen that in other rinks i clearly need one I've seen, like, the the PVC pipe versions with tennis balls on the bottom. Aww. Penguin one sounds cuter and more thematic. I'm here for the winter vibes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, while you're
2: here for the winter vibes, we're also committed to winter fun. So Pittsburgh Magazine wrote about a few getaway ideas. This will also be in the show notes for anyone who wants to go through the full list. My favorite was the Nima Colon. So it's a luxury resort in Farmington, PA, south of here. It has something called the Peak, which is like some slopes that offer skiing and snowboarding. But honestly, I just want to go for the vibes. I love looking at luxury. I cannot afford luxury, but there's something about being in it. I really like.
1: I've never been to this place, but it looks nuts. They have their own airport, their own what? bowling alley, axe throwing, like all these pools. They have some kind of golf academy, ropes courses. There, like, There's a paintball thing. Their website is nuts. Spa services, care of CityCast Pittsburgh, please. LOL. Yeah, let's do that. I, I like that idea. <laughs> I've always been fascinated by the idea of going to Nemecolon, but I have not actually done it. It just looks very fancy. It
2: does look very fancy. I would be scared I would break something if I go there. But Sophia and Megan, what are y'all's top picks?
0: Mine is Getaway Lodge in Cook State Park. Again more vibe setting the inside looks cozy and if I do want to venture outside they say that there's a river nearby where otters are there sometimes and an otter playing in the snow seems amazing I would cry if I saw (laughs) a little otter jumping
2: in and out of the snow there's also like a lot of hiking trails I think
1: I've heard that too yeah around there yeah I love winter hiking I'm a big advocate I own snowshoes, but I've never actually used them. I don't even know how to use them. I need to like YouTube it or something. But we need more snow. We do need more snow. What about you, Megan? Top pick. Uh, So I've done getaways. I'm just looking at the list uh, at both the Omni Bedford Springs. That was my baby moon. It was real nice. And Seven Springs, of course, the ski resort. Uh, I did one of their cheaper midweek packages around the holidays. If you can get over there like during the middle of the Mm -hmm. week. Pro tip, yeah. much cheaper. So for something new, I think I'm going to pick the Great Wolf Lodge. And it is entirely because of their commercials. Have you all seen those? No. I have. Yes. Uh, Mary Lee, I'm going to send you one. The sound quality is trash, so we're not going to play it. But I just want you to experience this. Please. I'm excited. Oh, my God. <laughs> there are like
2: CG giant wolves in this couple's hotel room. I think they're at home. Oh, my God. The kids are riding giant wolves. And cute wolves. They're cute wolves. The wolf is, like, carrying their bags. Okay. Iconic tagline. Nothing brings the pack together like a trip
1: to Great Wolf Lodge. It's so cute. Amazing. No notes. I was watching this with family the other day, though, and somebody was like, you know, I would be really upset if I watched this as a child and I thought there were really wolves there and there were no cute, enormous, cuddly wolves. So...
2: I like know this isn't the intention of the commercial, but the wolves really reminded me of the
1: wolves from the Twilight movie. Yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> similar vibes. <laughs> the size
2: of them compared to the humans is like shockingly similar. Like if you're kind of wondering what do these wolves look like in this commercial that Megan just had Mary Lee and Sophia watch, they kind of look like the wolves from the Twilight franchise and also like that's an easy to google thing you can figure that out
1: well if you want to get outside uh and you take any of these recommendations let us know uh you can always call or leave us a voicemail um, or text us at 412-212-8893 yeah and we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and that the sun comes out (laughs) oh my gosh yeah thank you mary lee thank you Sophia. thanks yeah talk to you next time That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. If you want to give us a birthday gift, in case you missed it, our podcast turned two years old this week, please consider becoming a member of CityCast Pittsburgh. It gets you ad-free listening and helps us keep this whole ship afloat. We would really appreciate it. Our music is by Benji. Mary Lee Williams is our executive producer. Sophia Lowe and Dylan Brogan produced the show. Francesca DeBecco wrote our newsletter. And I am your host, Megan Harris. We are off on Monday for MLK Day. So we'll be back on Tuesday with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend, everyone.
2: In honor of our talking about Astrobotic, they're cats. They're, they're taco cats in space. That's what's on my my sweatpants.